everybody. Welcome to the Others Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Penny. Joining me this week, another new guest, and it seems like we've got the whole of California joining us recently. Every person seems to be from the sunny West Coast, which makes me feel worse and worse as the weeks go by, seeing as we've still got snow here in Finland. Um, but joining me this week, Michael Fowler. How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me. A pleasure, a pleasure. All is going well here, as I say, apart from um, some slightly crazy weather conditions. Oh yeah, to say the least. I, I'd say even out here, it's a, uh, it's eerily beautiful, but dead silent outside. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like that in a lot of places at the moment. Yeah, you know, maybe the world will recover a little bit, uh, you know, environmentally from this. <laughs> I'm hoping so. I, mean, I just want the, the weather to decide what it's doing. Um, I got sunburnt last Saturday, and then this week it's snowing, so... Oh, God. Go figure. It's go a, figure. That doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> no. I know. That's the, uh, that's the world in which I live over here in oh, Finland. Man. It's like, sounds like, sounds like uh, central parts of the United States. Just where it, it, you got a hurricane one day, you got snow the next day. <laughs> Exactly. At least there in California, I think you're, you you generally know what the weather's going to be like day to day. It's in San Diego. It's about seventy every day. <laughs> All right, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. All right. So this well, week we are we're going to talk about um, the last track that we've got lined up from the Girl album, uh, and that is Marilyn Monroe. Now, obviously, in the past we've been talking about um, the various other tracks from the album. Um, and I think each week I give a different um, number as to what number track or release it is from the album. Yeah, That's because when I'm doing the research and when I'm getting the, the figures and the numbers and stuff, some people count Happy as being released from the Girl album. Some people don't count it because obviously it was on the Despicable Me soundtrack. So... So to those people that I've confused in the past, talking about, you know, this was the third track from the album, this was the fourth release from the album, whatever it might be, that'll be why it all varies every week. Okay. So Marilyn Monroe, if you don't count Happy, is the first single release from Girl. If you do count Happy as being from the Girl album, um, then this is the second release. Yes, but very true. We'll, we'll say the first, because I think Happy came out before the Girl album came out, if I and remember rightly. it did. Yeah. No, you're right. Happy came out um, along with the Despicable Me movie. Then uh, this song was the was the single for Girl, and you know I thought that this song was going to take off uh, maybe a lot harder than it than it did. Not to say nonetheless that listen to the first twenty seconds of it, you're like, where the hell am I going? <laughs> mm-hmm. You're like, where do I want to go? So it's kind of like actually a really, really, really. Uh, let's say like a, to me a diamond in the rough for uh for real production because most people wouldn't realize that he probably took a lot of time to make this song comparative to a lot of other songs this is his solo album and this was his i think girl is better than in my mind that's me in my mind was oh, a, was a whole a different swag that's a big shout yep and I'll, I'll start fights with that but in my, in my mind was a whole <laughs> nother swag it was the 2006 fucking for real still with babe and, and just starting out bbc in the first early seasons Girls like for as an adult embellishing mm-hmm. and expressing about how he feels about women that he's been with or something throughout his life. So I, yeah. I completely, completely encapsulated that idea when I was listening to the song. Just from the first song. It says a lot about mm-hmm. the album. You listen to one song and you got a whole view of how the album's going to sound already. You're doing something right. Most definitely. And I find it kind of quite weird that um, 
again, you had this came out after Happy, and that's probably why this track didn't perform quite as well as they were maybe hoping or yeah. expecting. You know, coming off the back of that massive Happy track, and that's always a weird thing as well when you look at the Girl album. When I first listened to the Girl album, Happy is something that kind of stood out on the album as um, it stood out in a weird way, like it didn't. It shouldn't be there almost. It didn't fit with the rest of the album. So I think you could kind of see that, you know, it came out on the Despicable Me album. It blew up and went crazy. And they thought, oh, shit, all these other people now know who Pharrell is. All these kids know, all mm-hmm. these other adults that have never heard your, of him. Your grandma all knows All these pop now. fans. Exactly. Right. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's stick it on to this album and just fit it in there somewhere. And then when people search for it and for him... You know, they're going to see the new album, hopefully, and they're going to go buy that. So it feels like it was kind of forced in there slightly. Um, and again, I think that kind of had a maybe a slightly negative impact on some of the other Ooh, singles man. from That's the, the realest, album. Like, shit I've never heard in my life. I feel like I feel like it kind of like it over it overtook the entire the one song because of how popular, how amazing it was for straight up society. That song overtook his whole album and kind of dissipated the the like hidden artwork that could be found within the album like like you're mm-hmm. not going to you're not going to listen to the last 3 minutes of Lost Queen and find the hidden track unless if you maybe already listened to Neptune songs and already know that they throw in hidden songs or unless if you just forgot and you were just listening to the album but like that's the thing i feel like that song is amazing just like you know the first song Marilyn Monroe but like you got to kind of learn to appreciate and take time for each individual song on the album otherwise i mean you're not going to really know what he's trying to express definitely um we'll go through some of the the very quick um you know facts and figures and whatnot from uh or for the song let's say um and then we'll kind of get into chatting about it and the um the video yeah so released on the the 10th of march 2014 the video was released on the 23rd of april april can't even speak now april Directed by Luis Severo, um, as we mentioned, who directed uh, Come Get It Bay. Was it Come Get It Bay? Whatever yeah. the last one was we talked about, yeah. Um, it didn't, as I mentioned, it didn't chart brilliantly. I'm just flicking through the numbers I've got in front of me. Uh, it got to number one in Belgium on one of their, Belgium, on one of their weird sub um, categories number two in Germany again on some weird subcategory somewhere <laughs> the, yeah not not it wasn't like it wasn't the chart topper that I'm sure he was aiming for it to be I mean yeah being real I know a lot about music production when you go and throw in orchestral strings you're going for charts <laughs> you're not you're not doing it to go soft you're going hard so yeah 20, 20 number 25 in the UK on the main chart wow in the US, it barely charted at all. Um, it got to number 29 on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs, um, number 9 on the Bubbling Under Hot 100 Singles Chart, which says to me it didn't actually make it into the top 100 in the US. Um, so, yeah, it didn't perform brilliantly, but not because it's a bad song, but I think just because obviously it came off the back of Happy and um, it just got swallowed up by by all of that, basically. Oh, yeah. So yeah, as you mentioned, it kind of um, the track itself opens up with that crazy um, orchestral kind of string section, um, obviously put together by Anne Marie Calhoun uh, with Hans Zimmer working on the arrangement as he did on various tracks on the album. <laughs> and you know when you got Hans Zimmer doing the the kind of string arrangement on your on your track and on your album, it's going to be massive. 
Oh, what's funny is like if you really pay attention, you would see from a lot of photos that that's who he's been working with and yada yada. But then at the same time, you did not see it coming. I did not see that coming at all. When he's like, "Oh, I'm working with Hans Zimmer," I'm like, "Oh, cool. He's just scoring in the studio." I did not know he was gonna have him on the first song on his new album, dude. People don't realize when this album came out, it banged. Like the first, you know, twenty five spins I had were like, I was pretty mind blown because, like I said. In my mind, is just a completely different project, different production style. A lot more old school, a lot more like drop it like it's hot type beats. A lot of a lot of four four. Mm-hmm. So it, it was really crazy to, to to listen to this song and, and like try to dabble in and see what chord uh, changes he used. And also, dude, that percussion though it sounds like a rattlesnake. <laughs> yeah, the the whole album. Like I think I've mentioned in the past, it it, it grew on me. I wasn't. Um initially kind of blown away by it but as i kind of listened to it more and even now when i go back and listen to certain um certain tracks and things like that i pick out and hear things i haven't necessarily heard before um and it still kind of keeps growing on me um and as you say it's definitely that kind of next step for him musically and personally um you know moving into being you know an adult and a, a family man and you know having his wife and his kids and Exactly. And stuff like that. So it's definitely a definitely a different vibe, but um but a good vibe. Yeah, I mean if you really, really break it down, what ten years ago he was making party music. <laughs> like he was the god of, of party yeah. music, straight up. Now, a little different, more of an adult, more mature way more matured, dressed down too, if you notice. Mm-hmm. And it kind of started with this album, you know? And I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing. Besides the, you know, vampire jokes that people always say about his age. You actually can hear his age in his production in this album because you could tell Chad wasn't probably doing too much. Sure, I'm I'm sure he touched up things and like I'm sure he helped, but you could tell a lot of it is Pharrell's actual ideas, which is cool, man. Because I like to see them both branch off, do different things, then meet back in the middle and do the same thing they always know how to do well. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's get into the the video a little bit. Let's do it. Generally, a very good video. One that I actually enjoy watching i really like the kind of you know direction of it the way it's kind of produced the kind of color schemes and patterns we have kind of going on throughout the uh the video itself friend of the show brent he makes a, a brief cameo appearance at the uh the start of the video uh in the kind of rehearsal space that they have going on are you talking brent brent Pash? yeah oh dude that guy's legend That's yeah so he's so shout out Brent. So yeah, he makes a little uh, little brief cameo appearance in the video. I do kind of like the opening to the video where obviously Pharrell is going to this um, kind of rehearsal space where the dancers are, where the band are, and he's on his kind of BMX riding up to the rehearsal space. I can't imagine in real life <laughs> Pharrell would ever turn up to his rehearsals on a BMX. Right. I, honestly, I like the beginning when he's walking up to... The woman and, she, and gives her a hug and she disappears. And then kind of just like, yeah, dude, that whole the whole start out with the dancers and the BMX. He's got the Adidas and the bike. He's got he's got the look, man. But see, even then, look at how much he's evolved since then, right? That's the beauty of looking at his older videos. You're like, wait, he doesn't even. Oh, yeah, he's uh he's constantly <laughs> sort of you know evolving in his music and his fashion and his personal taste and it's been, it's been interesting to watch over the years. It's always interesting going back to these videos as well and kind of, you know, reviewing them, watching them again and like, oh shit, so at that time he was wearing that and oh, that's when he's got that thing on, he did that thing with Chanel, so he's wearing that for those sort of few months. Exactly. And, and obviously, you know, obviously around the girl time, he's 
got you know the kind of buffalo hats going on and all that kind of thing as well so it's always um it's always really interesting to go back and sort of look at these oh dude it's like <laughs> it's just a masterpiece dude people don't realize like this is just some real talk people don't realize how ballin for real is dude <laughs> i think we we all know it <laughs> we but, know but yeah people, other people don't realize that he's has millions and millions and millions of dollars and all the stuff he's doing is just to be cool and to not to look cool but to like show off actually unfortunately and he does it so well that i love him for it he's himself dude and like even in this video you could tell like he chose out this artwork and he made people stand this way or do you like like i'm sure the director had a lot to do with it too but i'm sure he did too yeah definitely i know him and his team definitely um when you go into projects they definitely have their own vision and um yeah, uh, that's the term I was looking for. Qu Thank you. <laughs> quite, they're quite sort of hands-on. Um, I don't think you know. I don't think they're overpowering anyway. But I think yeah, they definitely have um, a vision and um, a kind of style that they kind of want to adhere to, and they want to kind of portray and um, an aesthetic they want to show. Yes, I like that comment you made. Like one scene will be like, boom, blue and red, and the next scene will, but then someone had on a maroon belt, and the next scene will be a maroon outfit. Yeah. And then blue background, you know, like it'll just be like all linked together, trippier than you'd ever imagine. Yeah, in this video, it kind of goes through um, a number of different kind of scenes and phases with the color schemes changing throughout, but they all kind of link in some way, which is uh, which is really well done, really cleverly sort of done, I think, throughout the video. Oh yeah, I mean, some of these shots are amazing, like roof rooftop scenes with uh, city skylines, and then he's just matching the whole time somehow. <laughs> yeah. It's cool with that, but he, he really used a lot of female dancers in this video and like probably put them on on the map too because this is just a good you know video for your resume right here. Yeah, definitely. There's um there's obviously all of the the kind of the bays that yeah his bays. awful awful name, but yeah his his kind of dance group that were in a lot of his videos and toured with him for uh, quite some time and some of them still do tour with him, but not to the. Not the original ones. There's now a, a completely different group of them that do. Dude, su super, super random. <laughs> off, off the record, but you could keep this in there too. Anyway, my ex-girlfriend, her like boyfriend after me used to go out with Met Narrative. I'm like, what the fuck? Talk about six degrees of separation right there, right? I was like, I'll go out with her instead of you. And there's, um, yeah, this is kind of, um, yeah, sort of the the early days. We see uh, Meta there. You may, some people may not recognize her with, with her hair at that point before uh, it gets shaved off, you know, a number of years later for the, the Lemon video. Right. And there's obviously all the dancers. There's a number of other kind of cameos that some people may or may not have seen. I know the actress Kat Denning is in there a couple of times. Oh, wow. That's, see, that's the little stuff that you watch it for again. You're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, the actress uh, Katie Lotz, she's in there as well. Um, and I'm sure some of the other women that kind of appear there, other people, mainly in the US, will probably know who some of them are. Um, but there are a couple of more kind of internationally known ones that I, uh, yeah. I kind of spotted in there. So he's definitely got um, almost a, a who's who of uh, attractive women going through the video there. Yeah, honestly, like I think even after watching the video again right now, it made me appreciate. It can make you appreciate the album a little bit more because of the main purpose it's not even about him yeah definitely I th I th and i think this song again is um it's it's one of those ones that's openly you know an ode to um to like women that he's you know loved in the past and you know loves at the moment obviously his yeah. wife 
we'll see like in like that's the thing is like we were talking about is, is the maturity level of it you could take it to an immature level and and like the songs on the album that are more party or more younger and more mature more immature and but those songs kind of take you away from the the aspect of that he's making the album as an ode to women right mm -hmm. because you could be like oh well he's just you know all he calls all he cares about is sex and, and pussy and yada yada or you could like look at the read the lyrics you could watch the videos you could look at the artwork or, or surrounding the album you could realize it's an ode to women he's not disrespecting women at all well, exactly even even the chorus of this song you know where he sort of says you know it starts i'm not you know of course people i'm not going to try and sing it in any kind of way but where it starts, you know, dear diary, it's happening again, and you know he's talking about that that you know it's that retrospective view on having a crush on somebody and yep. falling in love with somebody over again, and yep. um, that kind of feeling that you get, you know, when that starts to happen with somebody new, um, and that's what I, that's what I really like about the track and the way it's written, written, especially that chorus part where, yeah, it starts dear diary and it's it's that kind of ongoing retrospective view and acknowledgement that he's obviously been. You know, had crushes in the past and been in love in the past, but you know he's now going through that process again and you know really enjoying it. I guess you know as an adult and from a looking at it from a slightly different way in a more kind of grown up way as opposed to you know back in his twenties where when he would be you know when he would have a crush on somebody or be in a relationship with somebody it would probably be a a very different process and experience. Honestly, like I think the song. This is weird, and this is just me too, right? But I think the song is to actually maybe even describing why he's with his wife. Because he's literally saying that he could have all of these girls, Marilyn Monroe, Joan of Arc, all these bitches. He could have any of them. He could have anyone he wants, but he just wants a different girl. Yeah, they, they don't compare they don't to even yeah, compare. the person he's they, with yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Exactly. They don't even compare to who he's with at the moment. It doesn't even fucking matter. Yeah. So this is interesting perspectives, you know? Yeah, it's almost, yeah, it's almost like a... A love song to his to his then girlfriend or wife, but then but then at, at the time. same time it's like uh, the the music is not written in a lovey way. Those are not like love chords, you know. It's more mysterious. Those are like all mysterious. He's using crazy mysterious jazz chords. <laughs> that's why I was, as he has a habit of doing. Yes. yes, as he has a habit of doing exactly. <laughs> but at the same time, I think if you took and I've not really listened to the instrumental side of it that much, but. I imagine if you took all of that side of things out, you took the drums out, the guitar, et cetera, et cetera, and you were just left with just with the strings and you had that kind of string intro and you just carried on with the strings throughout the song, I think that would be a kind of almost a... It would give it an almost kind of ballad-type feel to it, I, I think. You could. You definitely could, especially, like, there's so many elements in that song that you could replace. For instance, like... I played bass. There's not really much bass in that song at all. There's bass drums and bass and kick and like and like hits and like bass drops and like that's all good. But man, you could add a killer bass line over top of that song, make it a different song. You could, you know, there's lots of little. Um, yeah, something else we we kind of briefly touched upon as well is the kind of um the kind of set design and the way it kind of moves from from scene to scene, um, yeah. which I kind of really like. In the the one that kind of stands out to me, which people will see is the the show art as well. And shout out Rafa, uh, Zerk illustrations for the the show art again. Is I think it's the second kind of main scene, which is where they've got the kind of um, red, blue, and white contrasting on the walls and on the floor. 
and then it also kind of matches his his hat and his suit jacket and his shorts and his boots as well. Sometimes it's so bright it hurts to look at the wall. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that one more time? Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I can edit this out. It's fine. Yeah. So the the um the second scene where it's got the the kind of red, blue, and white contrast on the floor and on the walls, yes, yes. and with what you know, what the dancers are wearing as well. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, you, know, you look carefully, and it's also you know his hat, his suit jacket, his shorts, the boots—they're all kind of color coordinated. Yeah, dude, as he, well he had, to he had, kind of fit it all. He had a teal hat, like one of his hats, matching with like <laughs> everything else he's wearing. That's, like, if you think about that, that's insane. And you also know that that hat's custom. You also know that it's probably yep. beaver fur. Or something, because I know randomly about custom hat design. <laughs> but <laughs> I think also there, I think it's at that point or earlier on as well. We see um, one of the very early uh, human-made T-shirts as well. He wears oh, in this yes, video. That's very true. That's like probably from their first season, maybe even season zero. Yeah, I think he wears it underneath the suit jacket a couple of times. People out there that know a bit more about human made um, than me will be able to be able to tell me, but I think that's yeah, it's oh, got to be one of them. The first know, couple of seasons at least. You know about human made? Go ask my friend Aaron about his experience in one of their um, fitting rooms. Yeah, man. Their hidden human made fitting rooms is like a one person like bathroom camper tent stall thing. <laughs> it's the same in um at BBC. I don't think they've got. I think in New York, they've got slightly bigger booths in yeah. the, the New York BBC store. But if you go to the BBC store in London, um, so you've got like the main area where you come in, you've got shelving each side. Then you go downstairs into like, it's not a basement, it's just like half a level down mm. where you have more stuff. But yeah, in the corner, it is just like a shower curtain and you just kind of pull it around yourself <laughs> and you stand there like that. And you can't move, and you have to try something on. <laughs> and obviously, the the shower curtain type um, cover, which is uh, I think the the BBC EU hunting design, doesn't actually go all the way around you. So, and also I think you mentioned earlier um, that kind of rooftop scene towards the the end. This is kind of the, the one part of the the track I don't particularly like. And as a video, it kind of works. But in the video with with Kelly Osbourne, I'm not a fan of like. The Osbournes or Kelly Osbourne in ge- general, and obviously I, I remember an interview with um, with Pharrell talking about how he uh, wanted somebody with like a, a British kind of accent to actually kind of speak that part, and they were trying to find the right person. I'm with you. And obviously with their kind of you know Hollywood connections, and she was also in the the Happy video as well. That's kind of awesome that she's like actually a fan. Yeah, and obviously yeah, it's the second, I think, second video she's been in. Like I said, I'm not a Kelly Osbourne fan. I just found it a weird, um, a weird place for her to kind of like randomly turn up <laughs> on an album. You know, <laughs> you're just like you what? wouldn't expect it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. It's that's all, pretty like, random. I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, you know what though? I bet you they have a strong relationship previously through MTV. Yeah. I could see that, especially like but award no shows and stuff. And them both being in the rock scene. I always wonder how he got a chance to work with. The Rolling Stones, you know, it probably it probably was because of someone like Ozzy. Yeah, and I know he's had um he's worked with um Sharon Osbourne in the past. I know they've appeared on talk shows together. And is it like The Voice or something he did in the US? Maybe yes, that's what it is. I think, I think she might have been on that as well at yes. the same time. Or yeah, she's previously done it or something like that. That's for sure where that came down. It's probably The Voice. <laughs> yeah, most likely. So I imagine there's, there's some connection from there. All right. Ready to go again? Was that your housemates? Yeah, my housemates. 
not maybe not as into the Neptunes as much as I am for sure. <laughs> Other people rarely are when it comes to people like us. They are. They just but they don't even know it half the time. That's what I that's what I notice. I'm like, man, you love this song. You love all the I named all the you say you don't like Pharrell, but I named all the songs and he made them. And they're like, What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and also with um with the Kelly Osborne part as well, that's when we see um Pharrell, he's got that kind of that um uh, arrow sticking from his well stuck to his you know shirt yeah although you know like it's coming from his heart and then kelly osborne turns up on the the rooftop with a bow so i'm guessing she's playing cupid in this uh in this analogy but yeah again just a, a strange cameo both on the album and also visually within the video itself as well <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> that's it's so random and it's like random too because of the year that that came out and stuff because it's not like she's relevant. What the hell has she been up to? Yeah, exa- yeah exactly. Yeah. I don't. I, it's not like the Osbournes were still like really big at that point or anything like yeah. that. What's funny is like I don't know if you remember, but there was a. This is like super U.S. But there was like a, a during nine eleven in two thousand and one. I was like eleven, but I remember this shit. There was one point where they were like, you know what? Let's like someone on the news was like, let's ask Ja Rule how he feels about, you know, the attacks, and it's just like. What the fuck has Ja Rule ever did done for politics or like society or anything? Like we don't give a fuck about how he feels. That's what we. About... That's what we should do at the moment. That's what we should do at the moment. Get get Ja Rule on the phone. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, when all this is over, like all the festivals have to start up again, and because you know, they've all been cancelled this summer. You know, no one knows a festival like Ja Rule. Um, so yeah, let's let's get him involved in all of this. He he knows, he knows the way. <laughs> yes, Ja Rule, about as irrelevant as Kelly Osbourne, yes. He'll save us all. Yeah. <laughs> from everything. Oh, God, literally, they're like, that's how they make you feel. <laughs> and we also noticed um, in the song at this part as well, when he's, you know, obviously in the video, they're on the kind of rooftop and stuff, is they've obviously got this kind of big, um, this horn section, and you get that really repetitive, long horn note. It sounds like a, a fog horn, almost. And it's just, uh, again, it's a very different thing to do as part yeah, of a... It's a... It's, not, it's obviously not a bridge, but like a breakdown at some point. You know, just, you know, a long, repeated horn. It's it's a really... Yeah, it's very different to what he's done before. And you're talking about the... the yeah. It's... it's um, So that... Now, remember, he interpolates all his music... Most of his music. I can't say all. Oh, I'm not an asshole. But a lot of the music that he does make, it's like he's making that song is an homage to another song so but remember Pharrell's like a tribe called quest except they sample they sample right so tribe used to use like what like 32 samples in a song let's say Pharrell is making his own samples and then making the song that way he doesn't have to dish out royalties that way he doesn't have to wait for things to clear his genius is hell and because he does that hearing that part you can actually take that part of of a song uh, and and throw it into other songs where you hear a part that's similar and it probably is because of that of the other song it's like mm. it's crazy how linked all of uh of music really is but when he throws in these little these little sounds these little tricks i hear homages to house music i hear homages to the creation of of of, of like early 90s like breakbeat music you know like he, he's he's really creative dude it's so awesome <laughs> And, and, and like it kind of reminds me like that break reminds me of like maybe some old reggae music or maybe some old 
uh, UK garage music from like the early nineties. Cause like people forget too, he's a drummer. So he, he, he knows his timing with that, mm-hmm. but that's what amazes me about his music is that it's not even, sometimes it's the drums that I'm like, Oh my God, this, these drums are, st-. when I say stupid, I mean like they're amazing. Like they're fucking stupid. They're amazing. They're so crazy. But other times I'm like, how is this piano so catchy? It's like he injected me with like crack or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, that that's see, that's what just keeps me listening, man, over and over again. And this album was was so underrated. Oh my god. Oh my god. So underrated. Dude. It's kind of, yeah. It's kind of how I feel now. You know, looking back on it, like I say, it didn't hit me initially. No. But it, it it's grown on me. It grew on me. Oh my know, god. Straight away, and but then over the years, it's grown on me even more. Question. I mean, I know this song is obviously the topic of our podcast, the podcast today, and it's it's an amazing, amazing, amazing song. But what is your favorite song off the album, and why? I'm just curious. I think Julio asked me this a few episodes back, and I don't remember what I said. I really like um, uh, Lost Queen. Yes, dude, I feel you, and I don't know why that song just hits, and then the, and then yeah. the after song, pfft, yes, just like that, dude. Pfft. They're more early NERD sounding to me. They're a bit more kind of they sound a bit more kind of experimental to a certain extent, dude. I I think that like honestly, a lot of a lot of people could only listen to that song, and if they only heard that song, they'd buy the album. But because a lot of people always listen to just this. That's the thing about artists, man. I don't know who the hell chooses their singles, but I would have not chose, chosen the songs that he chose as singles. I guess it's because it's more marketable and they see that they, I don't see how any of that is more marketable than Lost Queen. All you do is go find some super hot mixed black chick, throw her in like the Dominican Republic beach, like the beautiful music video was in Brazil, and just like drench her in water and white and then just like have her sing to her ass or something and everyone will buy that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird because I think yeah at that time these they're starting to obviously like try and appeal to um you know slightly different markets like we say you know that you had the happy stuff out so a lot more people were were more aware of mm-hmm. him. It was obviously around the time of blurred lines and all that kind of stuff. So that was obviously blowing up, and they knew that was going to be positioned sort of halfway through the album as well uh, in terms of single releases. Uh, I think that came out after yeah the sort of third I think single from the album. It's obviously they're, they're trying to sort of tie all this in and understand it, and obviously the Daft Punk stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you've got the kind of R&B and pop fans from um, Blurred Lines. You've got the kind of more musically inclined people from the Daft Punk stuff. You've got people like us that are just big kind of, you know, Pharrell, NERD fans anyway. Yeah. And then you've got that kind of weird and wonderful wide audience from Happy. So I think that after that, they're just trying to maybe plug some of the gaps in terms of some of the demographics they want to reach. Because again, you know, with the the four or five singles that came out, you know, some were only released in certain areas, um, some were only digital downloads. Um, so they had a kind of a very mixed strategy in terms of, you know, their marketing and how they rolled out the singles and how it worked with the album. So, yeah, I think they were kind of, you know, plugging holes in terms of certain demographics to, to find. But I'm with you. There, mm-hmm. there are other tracks off off of the album um, that I feel may have made stronger singles. But again, it may just be the fact that they thought, well, it doesn't really matter what we put out because when we put this out, it's going to be, you know, straight after Happy or it's going to be off the back of Blurred Lines or whatever it might be. So it's kind, it's yeah. kind of almost irrelevant. Yeah. And, and it's just like, I feel like, ugh, I feel like when, let's say... They have more, like the Neptunes as a whole or Frill or Chad, any of them, have more creative control over their own projects. 
they would not choose that damn song, these songs as a single. Yeah. Because it would get more, cause, because they know the love that they're already waiting for to receive from being successful already, from having platinum hit record, from being number one. And if you like really break it down, they're going to do it again. They're about to do it right now. They're planning on it. That's what they do. That's why we listen yeah. to the best. <laughs> but that's that's the thing when it comes to albums like this that are kind of you know commercial releases there's obviously um there's what's the word i'm i'm looking for ah i know what you're saying already though too you know it's like yeah you, know, you, you, you have to you, you got, the you record gotta label the is you gotta play the compromise game. is the word i'm looking yeah. for yeah. yeah you've got to kind of compromise with the record label who've obviously stumped up x number of dollars to you know market it and put it out and yeah I, i'm sure Pharrell, maybe his team may have wanted other tracks, who knows. But yeah, at the same time, you've got to listen to the label and, you know, give in to some of the kind of their needs and wants as well in terms of, you know, where they spend their money and all that yeah. kind of thing. And, you know, we, we saw that with the the Nothing album, you know, they oh, yeah. detested the album, didn't want to make it and, you know, essentially just let the, the label kind of control what was coming out and the label picks, you know, pretty much all of the worst songs off of the album to put out as singles, you know, the most kind of poppy, cheesy ones. Yeah, that, they, and, they, yeah, and that's what we got from it. always what it is. I could, tell, I could say it, but the thing is, though, like, this explanation of, of said demographic, of the way albums are broken down and how singles, singles are chosen, I could break this down into every single album, dude. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But especially a lot of Neptune's albums, like a lot of their single selections... Man, they would have had completely op for all their negative sales. They would have had completely opposite sales if they just literally changed the single. It's crazy. That's a crazy mm. observation right now, actually. <laughs> Especially like in my mind, for instance. Like I think this what he went he went with kind of have it like that. Yeah. I would not. Oh my god, that was a great song actually. In in the end, like now looking back, I actually enjoy the fuck out of that song. Back then. I couldn't have it like that that many times, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that's the thing. You look at that one, and that that's um that's in, from from a at least like a label perspective. That's an yeah. easy easy choice. That's the you know, the big yeah. banging club track yeah. off of the album. It's the big braggy track with Gwen Stefani. I'm gonna tell you something though. You know what would have got my attention more as a kid? The song "How You Feel." That would have been a way better single, or the song "Best Friend," and just throw Chad in the video, and just have him and Chad just talking that shit out like. They're both rapping it to each other. Oh my god! You know what I'm saying? Like, pfft, that already sounds better, right? <laughs> That's the problem with the Neptune. Sometimes I feel like is they might they have so many fans, but I feel like they're so far away from their fan base that one that's what makes their music so amazing. And but two, that's what um, also can uh, drown them out from the airwaves. If they were a little bit closer to us as fans, which they are, they always meet fans. They always take pictures. I am not hating or saying nothing like that. But if they interacted a little bit more with with their actual only only their fans too, of, of just the Neptune, we would steer them in the like a correct direction, have it in a correct medium, because we know what we want, we know what we want to hear already. <laughs> yeah, I get that. The the only the the kind of counter argument to that is is obviously it's not just Pharrell and Chad exactly. and whoever they get they get exactly. to pick. You know they yeah. You know, there's the people at I Am Mother. You know and they're a you know, they're a record label and a kind of creative company just on their own. Then you've got the label backing as well, um, who obviously have their say. And, you know, again, it's that kind of compromise, I think, that you have to have. And out of, you know, three or four singles that come out, I'm sure, you know, Pharrell is, is more than happy with one or two of them. I'm sure there's probably one or two they're not 
you know, they wouldn't necessarily pick themselves, but they've got the, but the label wants out for whatever oh, man. marketable reasons. Right so. there, what you're talking about right there is that's all I want to hear is the stuff that got thrown away. Because <laughs> you know, some of that shit is fire, hot fire. Probably like, wait, wait, I want to hear it again. <laughs> Even for me, man, when I produced uh, half the stuff I threw away, people were like, that's amazing. And I'm like, it is? <laughs> so imagine these guys, right? Their trash can's probably gold mine. Well, yeah, you know, I, I know there's, um, yeah, when they made the last album, yeah, they've got, yeah, literally thousands of CDs and hard drives just, you know, full of beats and tracks they've done. And, you know, Mike, who worked on the album, you know, got to kind of go through all of that old stuff and pick little bits and pieces here and there that you like the sound of to, to bring into the album. But yeah, there's, you know, literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of, you know, demos and clips and all oh, sorts yeah. of things out there still. So yeah, to to be in in that studio and have access to those hard drives and those files would be a yes, would be a magical thing, a magical experience. <laughs> It'd probably create some new artists out of it. Betcha. Um, one other quick thing I wanted to mention um, about the the video. Uh, one of my kind of favorite parts of the video, which um, again I think it's like the the fourth kind of main scene that one of the you know the final scenes, which is where you've got that kind of black and white set design yeah um with the kind of pink cherry blossom trees yeah and then obviously the, the oh my god that's that reminds s- me of uh, an artist friend i have his name is uh D- daniel arsham mm-hmm. um check out his artwork he actually posted a picture today with frail at his studio uh his, his old studio yeah i know daniel i think most people that listen to this pro- probably aware of daniel at least because you know, his friendship and collaborations with pharrell yeah oh yeah man uh it, well this specific scene is funny i actually uh was recently looking at pictures of his studios and uh, work he's done. And if you look at his uh, his Insta, he has a studio kind of similar to this background. It's kind of gnarly. <laughs> oh, really? He has like a, some trees, some like crazy bonsai trees laid out. And he has a huge uh, Zen garden, but like inside, not outside. And then he has one outside too. It's like really crazy. <laughs> if I can find pictures, I'll send it to you for sure. It reminds me of this scene a lot though. And like, but... The way they have the moon popping right here is really cool. Yeah, that's what I really like. You know, when he kind of you know, looks up to the moon, and obviously the lyrics refer to you know the moon turning around, and it turns like, around, and yeah, the, like the I gotta like there. you gotta be real. It's, this is one of the coolest music videos ever, low key. You would never think it is though, because it's not really, it doesn't have action. Like there's no guns or no violence, and you know it's not crazy sexually or hi- yeah. hypersexualized. But like, do like for the set design and for like the color coordination and for like the outfits, like they went. F- all the fuck out in this video yeah definitely <laughs> it's a really well produced and directed video and yeah and I, I kind of like I say I, I love that scene where yeah, it turns around the model I can't remember her name I used to follow her on Instagram I don't anymore but yeah it kind of turns around she's there and what I kind of quite like is she's when I first looked at it I thought she was just holding a guitar mm-hmm. but it's obviously it's a bass guitar and she's obviously not really playing it but she's playing along to the bass line of the track as mm-hmm. well um, which kind of just ties into the song really nicely I thought yeah I mean, hey, dude, I play bass. I love, I love little things like that. <laughs> Would it be nice if she really played, though? Yes. <laughs> all in all, it's all good. This video is a, a, a masterpiece, dude. And it's like hard to appreciate it if you haven't listened to the album. So for anyone who's listening for the first time uh, to the song or to this podcast, go and listen to this album and let us know how you feel about it. It's very good. It's very uh, passionate and is an, it, it's an ode to women. And it's a joy to listen to, seriously. I think um, best tracks, though, are probably Lost Queen, for sure, is the top track on the album. And then, Mm -hmm. 
I'm gonna have to say, come get it, bae, is like, it climbs up there and goes up and down with me. Um, also, to that, uh, what was that track with Justin Timberlake again? I can't think of the name right now. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, Brand New. Brand New. That song is that's, amazing. Yeah. That's one of my favorites oh, as well, yeah. That actually, nah, Lost Queen and then Brand New. Yeah. Yeah, because. That's probably what I'd pick. And then, uh, no, three, Know Who You Are. That's with Alicia Keys. Good song. Really, 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 yep. really good song. Went all out on that album, dude. I just, I honestly wish it got uh, the recognition that it deserves. You never know, though, man. Sometimes albums get awards later on. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, they make a, a resurgence at some point. Something mm-hmm. happens, and yeah, you never know. But never yeah, it's know. um, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a really strong album. Like I say, it's grown on me over the years. Um, I still enjoy listening to it, and it's one of those albums where you can, I can easily just put it on and listen to it end to end in the background. Or like someone who might not appreciate. You know, the Neptunes or Pro could just appreciate it because it's just easy. Like you said, easy listening. It's not for yeah. we're not we're not forcing you to listen to hip hop right now. <laughs> exactly. It's not. Yeah. It's not full it's of. Not, like, you it's know, not like drop it like it's hot. And, it's not like giving yeah. you dance instructions. It's just like listen to this music about women. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even you know it's not even NERD like. No. You know, you NERD, no. you know, you've got you know you got the rock, you got the hip hop, you got the jazz. They've got jazz, like, but see, the NERD the got, that, and, got that swag, dude. They have a weird mm. bounce. That weird awkward nerd swag that i love so much that like i throw into my step every day i walk outside <laughs> yeah and that, it's funny because when i meet you know frail's not massively known over here in finland yeah amongst younger people he is but you know people that are older than me don't tend to know who he is and you have to say you know the guy that did happy and they're like oh yeah him i know him yeah but but when people ask me like okay so i want to like listen to some of his stuff what what should i listen to Ooh. and it, it's like <laughs> you have like uh, you have a spectrum that goes from that's like asking you, know, you what kind of miles. what kind of science you want to start learning or something exactly yeah <laughs> because there's... because if you if you if you're really into hip-hop i can say like go and listen to like in my mind yeah if you want some weird mixture of if you're into like rock or whatever i can point you to a certain nerd album or certain right? tracks from right? albums if you're into like jazz i can point you that way but Ooh. if you're not into any of that stuff then i guess yeah girl is kind of um a good way to introduce somebody. Yes. It's like a good album to show to show your girlfriend, like, hey, like, I really like Pharrell. Like, you should listen to this. She'll be like, okay. Or like a girl you're talking to or like a, your, your cousin. Even your mom could listen to this and not want to shoot herself in the head, you know? It's like, <laughs> I, I, see, I see why he made it, though, after talking about this now, too. He made it to probably even just make more women listen to him, too. And that's genius. I'm going to make, you know what? How, how, can I, how can I make more women listen to my album? I'm going to name it girl <laughs> that's fucking smart it's kind of the that's the problem i had with the album at the start it seemed slightly um this is fucking smart dude like i can't even hate on that con- conceited conceited isn't the right word but i, I kind of looked at it in a way that like yeah you're, you're kind of pandering to this you know new kind of movement that's happening about the empowerment of women and stuff like that mm-hmm. but um i don't think he was i think he was you know he was genuinely expressing um, his actual feelings um, and he wanted to kind of make it about women. It's funny because I've noticed that he's been empowering women from pretty much like day one with nerd existing to an extent, you know, it's crazy because you think that he's doing it because it's a fad, but he's like you're saying, he's actually extremely genuine about how he cares for women. Yeah. He's very passionate about it. And like, that's, what's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that. (laughs) 
that's everything I had for the video and the song. Anything else you kind of picked out that you want to uh, you want to mention or talk Man, about? All I could really say is for anyone listening, thank you so much, and to just go and listen to anything that Neptune's produced because their music has taken me further around the world, further on in, deeper into any parties, deeper into any situations that I've ever been in. I've met the coolest people in the world, including this guy right here. Just for music. So think about that. Imagine what you could do if you listen to a really good song. It brings us all together, most definitely. All right, let's get into um, a bit of news quickly. We've got a few bits and pieces from the last week or so. Um, some right. Neptune's news, some BBC news and whatnot. Um, so what have we got first? So something you mentioned to me before we uh, started recording. BBC US uh, have started selling a selection of protective face masks. Um, they were yes. available this week uh, in the EU, but they all sold out immediately. So I guess they got very limited stock sent over. Um, I don't know if the US store still has any, but if you're after a, a face mask and you want to be particularly you know, fashionable with it as well, then there's I think there's three different versions, isn't there? There's a, an Arch logo one. They have even more now, dude. Okay. Um, Even the, more. the thing is, they keep selling out. So if, mm -hmm. if you guys are really interested in getting these uh, face masks, go to bbcicecream.com and just check check daily. Or, add, yeah. or subscribe to the newsletter. They'll tell you in the email when they get them. They even have the, uh, I don't know if you remember the chocolate print that was on the bottom of the ice cream board flips. Yeah. But they put that as a face mask too. Ah, so yes, I saw that like, one, yes. Yeah, it looks like Hershey kind of bars. It's cool. So, yeah, I think the EU store got sent, yeah, the Arch logo, the small astronaut head, and then the uh, the running dog face one, I think nice. they had. But, yeah, there's obviously a few more available in the US. So, yes, if you're on the lookout for a face mask, then, um, yeah, keep your eyes peeled on the US and the EU websites for when they re-up on them. Uh, if you want one a bit sooner, you want to pay a little bit more, uh, then go check out friend of the podcast, uh, P the designer, um, who kind of hand makes, you know, custom luxury. Oh, that Ivanka Noor. Yeah. So. Yo, huge shout out to P the designer. That guy's that guy makes amazing high quality bags, and he is such an awesome Lamborghini aficionado. It's cool to just oh, be yes. a friend of his and look at his page straight up. Yeah, yeah. Shout out P the designer, and um, yeah, he's making face masks. They're all kind of handmade in um, in Canada where he is. They come in like crazy luxury packaging as well. Um, they look amazing. So definitely go and check out his Instagram. I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, to some of his stuff as well. Uh, also, BBC Ice Cream currently releasing lots of um, wallpapers for all of your Zoom and Skype call needs, seeing as that is how we now seem to run our lives and our businesses. Um, they're releasing new backgrounds each week based on kind of classic designs couple of weeks back, they released a kind of night and day Miami Beach design. Uh, this week, it's a cones and bones design, uh, which I have set to mine at the moment. So if you're, if you're on the lookout for wallpapers to um, you know, block out the, the mess that's in the background of wherever you're recording your meetings from, then you can head over to um, the Instagram page. Uh, and they normally put a link on their, on their profile each week to go and download those. BBC EU, we had pre-420 drop number five. Uh, the drops are coming thick and fast. Uh, again, some really nice items involved in there. Uh, and also, I think it was today or yesterday, BBC EU are now stocking Ice Cream Japan items. Uh, and Ice Cream Japan, uh, BBC Ice Cream Japan, are doing some absolutely amazing designs at the moment using oh, a lot yeah. of the 
the old classics, the old running dogs, the, the Cone and, uh, Man. Dude, they have a new collab coming out with Atmos Japan right now. It looks yep. fire, gotta say. They're doing some big stuff in Japan at the moment. And like I say, if you've if you've been you know, fiending for that Japanese ice cream, um, you can now get it at the BBC EU store. But um, get over there quick because they've got some amazing items, but I think they are selling quite quickly. Uh, what else have we got? Um, yeah, being locked down means people are being productive with their, their music and their mixing. Uh, so <laughs> last week we saw uh, Joe K from Selection do a live stream on the BBC Instagram page where he did a, a Neptunes-inspired mix, which was about an hour and a half long, I think. Uh, a really, really good mix. Hey, were you, were, you, were you in there? I dropped in and dropped out, dropped in, dropped out. I was doing something else at the time. Um, but it is up on SoundCloud now, the whole um, the whole nice. mix, and I've downloaded that, uh, and I've listened to it about three times since then. Okay. So again, there will be a link in the show notes to the whole mix that you can um, you can stream or download from from SoundCloud. Uh, it was a really really good mix as well. Uh, also, friend of the show Star Trek World, he did his own Neptune's mix uh, earlier this week, I think it was, or maybe at the weekend. Um, he has sent me a copy of that, but I've not had a chance to listen to it yet. Once I do, I will try and either add it to the show notes or a link to his page so you can ask him for it. Or if he's happy to, I will put it up on the website and uh, make sure I post a link on Instagram somewhere. Uh, what else have we got? A bit of Pharrell news. Uh, yesterday we found out he's going to appear on the new Run the Jewels album. Uh, Run the Jewels 4, I think the album is. That's out on June the 5th or 6th. Uh, I don't think it's a Pharrell or Neptune's production. I think it's just a uh, Pharrell guest appearance on one of the tracks there. Mm. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. And then one final piece of news, completely self-serving. I have a, another new video out, uh, which you can find on YouTube, or you can head over to theothers.net, where I'm actually doing a video review of the 2019 Reebok ice cream sneakers. You know, I have previously talked about them in length on the podcast with uh, with Julio a few weeks back, but what I realized was talking about a physical item on a podcast doesn't really come across very well. I can't show you certain things. I can't show you the things, specific things I'm talking about. Well, that's a really good idea. Yeah, so I've put that into a video. The video is about 30 minutes long. It was a lot longer than I expected it to be. But I've got, you know, an original pair of ice creams there, the new 2019 pair that I've been talking about, the tan uh, dollars and diamonds, and going through them in detail, pointing out all the things I like, the things I don't like, the things they could perhaps do better for next time. I've got a, I've got four pairs myself. <laughs> of the new ones? No, nah, I got, I got one uh, pair of the new ones. I got the yellow yep. D and Ds, but I got yep. three of the old ones. Still in pretty good condition too. Yeah, I think I've got five or six pairs still. I sold a pair a little while back. Hell yeah. Which didn't, which didn't <laughs> fit me. They were, they were dead stock. But yeah, the ones I've got here, I've got yeah five or six pairs. I think I've only ever worn them once or twice. So, still waiting for a good excuse to you know break them out and wear them some more. Oh. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm like, and then you know what? When it's always like that, uh, that that event that you go to or party or whatever, people are always like, "Damn, what are those?" Like every single time, yes. they're like, they're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, they always um, they always turn heads, let's say, and and get questions yep, break, from them. Or, or what do you, what do you call it? Uh, breaking necks is what we call it out here. Yes, Just breaking necks. Yes. 
So yeah, if you're an ice cream fan, um, go check out that video. Again, if you've been on the fence about the new ice creams, you don't like them, you're not sure about them, again, go check out the video. Um, I show them in a bit more detail, uh, talk about specific things. And you can also as well, if you look carefully at the moment, a lot of places still have them in stock and they are on sale. So they were retailing, I think 120 euros. You can pick them up in some places now for like 75 yeah. euros, which is like $70. And if you're really, really looking, eBay would probably be the best bet to find these shoes. Um, I know the white ones are like basically gone unless you have a huge foot. But the, for the yellow diamonds and dollars, all over eBay, all tons of sizes for about like 100 to 120 bucks. So almost the same price for you too. Yeah, so you can still pick them up out there. And like I say, even if you're not, a massive fan, I think, just for the quality alone, just as a pair, just like a pair of beaters, they're um, they're really really good value and Honestly, well worth getting. If you and if you got to think about it this way too, um, for a lot of the ice cream uh, colorways and sneakers, they barely ever release this colorway. They never release the fucking diamonds and dollars. They they only make they make they make the shirts and the jackets before they release the shoes with that color. So it's like you got to kind of buy it and put it away for when they make it something else to match it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I think that's all the news I had for this week. Anything else from yourself, Michael? No, my friend. Thank you so much for your time. Maybe a little, a few shout outs though. Want to shout course, out? Of course, go for it. The others podcast. First off, thank you for. Oh, why? Thank you. Your awesome hospitality online. It's been amazing, and it's been a pleasure. I want to shout out King of Creams for everything you do for the community. Thank you so much for being a stand-up guy and always just responding to messages and just posting and just being cool. P the designer, special shout out to you. Go check out his brand of face masks, Avante Noir. They're about 15 bucks a pop. It's coming straight from Canada. He makes them himself. Black and gold, baby. Next, I want to shout out myself. Tigers.yo. Check me out. I have my own Instagram page. I got music. I got a store coming up. Got lots of stuff. I'm going to start selling old Bape, old ice cream, old BBC, all vintage 90s gear. So holler at me with that. And last but not least, I wish you all a wonderful rest of your day great stuff and we'll have links in the show notes for all of that um, in the meantime you can stream this podcast or the others at, over at theothers.net you can find us every podcast app under the sun you can find us on Spotify you can help support the podcast by going to othersmerch.com you can find me online at Steve R. Penny and obviously you can find us online everywhere at Others Podcast so we'll wrap it up there that's it for this week Thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye. All right, take it easy.